sounds like I'm a sleuth. <laughs> it is. It's like sneaky mix. It really is. My way up to the back door of the house and check to see if anyone was home. Do you That's recognize like. the uh, the bass yet? What is that? You all know what it is. Oh yeah. There it is. I have no idea. Seven Nation Army. You know this song. Yeah, you know I this song. No, I I do not. Huh? Where was it played? Dun 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 dun. Some tripo radio station. Huh. Gal fan, just defend me. It's not exactly a new song. I, I'm not picking it up on it either, so. Oh, I don't know yeah, that Yeah, you would know it if you heard the, the real main Tom, I'm not able to name that tune. <laughs> Thank you. Thank it's you very much. It's the White Stripes. Yeah, the White Stripes. You know the oh, song. White Stripes. Yeah, I know them. Dun, Absolutely. Dun, yeah, you know that I song. mean, it is 2003, so I guess it's like that's during my formative years, so it's more iconic for me, I suppose. I should be like most other people who stop drinking. I don't do this, but I should start doing it. Now, that's back when I used to drink, so I don't remember. <laughs> I love how everybody who used to drink blames it on the fact they drank. That's not the only problem, okay? That is true. Move forward. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. All right, L.A. Nick in studio with us. Michael Gelfand, of course, in studio with us as well. Andy, Tommy. Could you uh, close your door? My door is closed. Something's going. Oh. No, it isn't. There's a little. I, there's this little ambient thing that I don't yeah. know how oh, to turn off. Oh, the air fresh or the air uh, purifier in there is going. I'll go. I'll turn it off. Just dump oh, just uh, turn the knob counterclockwise all the way. Yeah, there you go. Okay. 
What was that? You, oh, you thought it was on my end? Yeah. yeah. It sounded like it was. It did. What was it? It was the air purifier in here. God, and I could have blamed it on Tom. <laughs> like everything else. I missed an opportunity friendship. here that I'll never have again. Stop ruining <laughs> our radio or whatever. All right, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about what, what did you get? You had a problem with car selling secrets. Well, I never really got the concept because I always thought it should be car buying secrets because the average person's looking to buy a car, not sell a car. So a lot more people need to buy a car, and there's more tricks that the common man, person doesn't know how to buy a car. You can say common man. He's a friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, there's... There's, and I'll, I'll give a couple of really easy ones. Never buy a car when it's raining. Ever. Really? Why? Because the rain hides everything on a car. Oh, so oh yeah, that's any, true. And so two things. Never buy a car when it's raining or even the car's wet. And never buy a car in the bright sun. Always say, I want to see the car in the shade. But the best day to go is a real overcast day with no rain. Because it'll show you every defect you can see in the paint. The sun blares it and glares it so you don't see the defects. So if, if there's a fender that's been repainted and it's real bright sun, the sun mm -hmm. will just bleed it out to where you can't see the difference in color. Oh, really? Yes. And if you go to, on an overcast day with a dry, dry overcast day, you will see every problem with that car's paint. Any photographer will tell you overcast is the best lighting for taking pictures. Yeah, and you'll see everything on that car. So there are a couple secrets. And a common one that people don't do, if you're going to buy, especially a used car, always check the oil. because. And I've, I know all this stuff, and I've made this mistake myself. I didn't check the oil, got the car home, and it was low on oil, and then ended up that car burnt oil. It would, it would burn a quart, like a quart a month. You don't want that. So always check the oil and make sure it's full because if it's not, then that car's using oil. But there's a lot of little things. And I always wondered why they didn't do the car buying secrets because it seems more practical to me, but that's me. <laughs> no wonder Sprinthal got fired. Thank you very much. Great to be here. I've never been fired in my life, of course, Gelfand. You know that. Uh, well, because uh, you were <laughs> in radio. That's true. You, yeah, but you know, you're not only hired to be fired in radio, you're hired to be fired tomorrow in radio. <laughs> you, well, one of my favorite stories of all time, God, what was his name? Is our afternoon guy at the queue for a while. Ended up being a weatherman in L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about him the other day. What was his name? Was his na I can't remember his name. I played tennis with him occasionally. The first thing he would do... Uh, when we got into the tennis court, would take his shirt off. Because <laughs> you may remember, shock. he had a big thing about his chest. He did, yeah. yeah I mean, he's a good yes, guy. Don't get me wrong. He was. One of my favorites was when he and Ober got in, a, got in an argument, and they uh, kind of attacked one another. They were spinning down the hall on the wall. It was hilarious. <laughs> was it Garth? Garth. Garth. It was Garth. Garth Kemp. Was. Good one. Garth good Kemp. job, Tom Great. from Greenville in chat. Tom from Greenville. We love that. There's no question about it. But uh, my favorite story he ever told, he was working in Miami. I can't remember the radio station. doesn't matter. I did know his boss, and I'm not going to mention him because I don't like to taunt the mafia. So, <laughs> <laughs> Better. That's, I think, that's the best judgment you've made today. So today so far is yeah, a good so one. Yeah, so far, yeah. He, uh, he's out there on, uh, Chris, no, excuse me, on New Year's Eve. They were all called on on the owner's boat. They were out in, uh, out in the ocean floating around, and the owner of the company... <clears throat> Again, Vito Barabanano, or 
you know, one of those names, L.A. What do you think? <laughs> but in any case, they're out there floating around, and the owner of the, uh, of the uh, company comes up, puts his arm around Gar- Garth Kemp's shoulders. He goes, Garth, I want you to know something. It's guys like you that make this business what it is. You're terrific on the air. We're very, very lucky to have you. And I want you to know, as long as I own this company, you will always have a job. Fired him the next sure. day. <laughs> uh, the kiss of death. The kiss of death. I think it's only he fired him the next day. <laughs> That's the Italian way. Did he give him that kiss on the cheek? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably true. Oh, God, I, the, the radio. That's like you being know, in any kind of relationship, though. I suppose. You know, you know the story. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but it was about my buddy Jim Beatty, the boxer. Uh, sure, I you remember, remember him. Jim. Uh, great guy. Yeah, he's not with us anymore. He was a wonderful guy. And uh, Jim's about, he was about 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, mm-hmm. And the two of us would, you know, walk around downtown and, and you know, people would say, <laughs> hey, you got a bodyguard, Gelfin. I'd say, yeah, I never heard that one before. Thanks. No, no. And uh, so he's, uh, I can tell this story on the air now. I guess I probably couldn't before. Um just because you know it was too raw for Jim, but he uh, so he's he's living with a woman. She's quite younger than him. She's an art artist, and he he's working at home. And every day she's go she goes off to work to her studio. You know, like like nine in the morning. So about noon, the mail comes, and it's always a love letter from her. Right, every single day he gets a love letter from her, oh. and it's like you know Jim. Uh, you know, my life would be meaningless without you. Without you, the swallows wouldn't return to Capistrano. The sun wouldn't <laughs> set in that. the west. It's like this. So one day he gets the mail and he's reading this and it's Jim's the same thing. It's, it's you know, Jim, my heart would not beat without you. You are all the meaning I have in life. The door opens. It's her. We have to talk. <laughs> oh. Well, that's not good, no, did, is did it? Did she actually mail these letters, or yes. did she just mm-hmm. put them in the mailbox? Yeah, she knows she mailed them, yep. <laughs> that's sad. Yeah. Oh, it men, is, it men, is really horrible, isn't it? Men never see it coming. But that's the thing. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's why it's so horrible if you saw it coming. But they, for some reason, they never do. And I think one of the things that tells us is that it doesn't matter. You may think you have perfect chemistry with another person. Everything's wonderful. You have no idea what they're thinking. Nope. <laughs> None. And what are you going to do? So look how lucky Uncle Tom has been. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you are. You've been lucky. Well, you know, I mean, my wife and I just lamented our 45th anniversary. Lamented it, yes, that's but Of course, true. I haven't lived with her in 25 of those years, but <laughs> that's the secret to a good marriage. It is. I was I was saying that on my way here because I have a friend that's never, him and his wife have a really good relationship, but he's never around. He's, <laughs> he's gone nine months out of the year. That helps, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love everything about that as a matter of fact. No, I, you're thinking about that. Uh, I've never been through a, a divorce that's got to be tough. I got to no mm-hmm. matter how you feel, whether you want to get out or not. That's got to be tough on you to go through a divorce. I would think. That's why I just never did it. So you just never did. You just are, you still are married, and yeah. that's the way it is. And, yeah, but I mean, there wasn't really any reason to get divorced unless you want to give a lot of money to lawyers. Yeah, that's true. I went through a divorce, but I was a, I was also a major drug addict at the time, so I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. I didn't really you know. Divorced. You got divorced last week, really? No. <laughs> you know, a long, I, long, long time ago. I was just yep. reminded of how horrible lawyers are when I was 
I can't stop watching. I don't sit there all day, but every day I have to get at least like 20 minutes of the uh, of the trial of the century. The of course Gwyneth Paltrow skiing trial. Oh yes, <laughs> it's, sure. These lawyers are really among the worst human beings I've ever seen. Oh, on absolutely, TV. of all time. Of it's all just time. incredible how awful they are. Well, it's not about justice or law. It's about winning. Well, right, and, and these are two people who have no reason at all to be even in court because they're spending – they've already spent far more money on lawyers than either one of them will ever get back from so-called winning the trial. They used yeah. to be the worst people on earth until we got the modern-day politician. Yeah, it's, well, and of course, <laughs> right. most Generally, of the they're, they're the same thing. Yeah, I was going to say, they're the I same don't know. people. I don't know. The, the modern-day politicians, they're literally trying to destroy the world. Well, I mean, I think they're literally the same people right now. Yeah. Half so. of the politicians are lawyers. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are lawyers, yep. And half of the lawyers are politicians. Yeah. Big time. This guy, just, you know, this guy who's who's uh, defending the uh, the Gwyneth Paltrow, he's, you know, he's grilling this, this, this witness, and he keeps saying, Oh, I'm just a country lawyer. Oh, I know. I hate Country that. Country lawyer in a $25,000 Armani suit. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing that 80s, you know, appeal to sympathy thing. That, yeah. That they've been making fun of in movies for oh, 30 they're all, years. They're all actors. Yeah, absolutely. Actors. Just yeah. like politicians, actors. Yeah, and, and this battle's been going on like for seven years. Can you imagine the amount of money they've spent? And this guy's asking for 300000 which would yeah. be chump change to her. Absolutely. So why they haven't settled this, the only thing I can figure out is that the lawyers just want the publicity. That is really weird, isn't it, that it was 300 grand? Wouldn't you, I mean, if you were in her shoes and you go, okay, good, here's 300 grand, go away. Well, well it was originally yeah. millions, though. Right. Was well, it? Was, he, yes, was it? it was originally millions. It was like 1.4 million Yeah, then he lowered it to 300. Yeah. Thinking oh. they'd settle. But he did send, there's, there's some emails to his daughter saying, I'm going to be famous. So it, oh, it, no. there's some stuff like oh, that no. involved. The guy who she hit or he hit, whatever. Oh, it's a it's a he skied, she skied trial. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, <laughs> Shut up, girl fan. And and you pill. He did send some emails saying I'm going to be famous, so he's milking oh, it too. Oh, that's not smart. And, and this is a woman. I don't know much about her, uh, but uh, all I know is she's a mediocre actress, and that she makes most of her money now on her company, the Goop Company. Yep. She sells these uh, these oh, right. treasured little things that enhance people's sex lives mm -hmm. and uh, and other things. Was she the vagina candle one? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. the candle that's yep. not, that's that's it's yeah, called. That... It, this smells like my vagina. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying to someone the other day that. If I, you know, if I say that on the air, of course, you know, I'd be hearing it every 10 minutes on the morning show <laughs> yeah. I, in I, the I, old days. I, th I yeah. thought she made the product goop. She'd made both. She did, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Both. Okay. And then she, there's a new one now, apparently, and it's equally stupid as the rest. I don't remember what it is, though. And then, of course, and I mentioned this the other day, there's the $1,500 dildo. Hmm. It's made of gold. Goop's actually a pretty good product, though. It is? Wait a yeah. second. What is it? It's just a glue. It's good for sneakers. Like if you split a sneaker or something, it, it'll cure it forever. It's pretty good. So you can, you can spend yeah, it's pretty like good. $110, which, and, and which, of course, would get you 110 jars of Vaseline. <laughs> it is really good for, for shoe repair, Goop. It's probably not the Why? intended usage. I have a question for you. You repair your own <laughs> shoes? No, but I had I had a, a brand new pair of shoes that 
that you know where they seam the where the rubber seams mm -hmm. together it started to split like within weeks yeah it happens all the time and uh yeah i put group in there it's it's never come apart ever in fact the shoes fell apart huh. and that part stayed um and groups you know it's just silk it's just pure silicone it's what it is okay so the reason i asked you that question is you actually did say that Every cobbler I ever met was Italian. Yeah, you turn they on are. your own people? They are Italian. You turn yeah. on your own people. What are you doing? <laughs> Plus you don't get anything repaired anymore. No, they won't no, they won't no. they won't work no, on sneakers anyway. We just live in a disposable world. I've tried to repair so many things and they take active measures to make it so you cannot repair it. You oh, have yeah. to throw it away. I, re I repair everything. It's like with cell phones. You, you, you could, you'd get laughed out right out of the place if you said, you know, I need to uh, get a new battery. Yeah, no. There's, there's no way. It's all glued together. Yep. My cousin's a comedy store comic, and he does a bit, a bit about me. He calls me MacGyver because I fix everything. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not cheap. I just don't want to throw something that's I it's just a bought away. And so I fix it. No, I have a question for you. Who's your cousin? Uh, P.J. Stansbury. Oh, I didn't know Stansbury was your cousin. Yeah, but he's he's a really dirty comic. Can never have him on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can have him on. We can have him on my morning show now. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. So it all works. I out just was end. out there. I, I got. He, actually, he didn't go, but I went out to the 50-year anniversary party for the comedy store, and uh, it was invite only. I couldn't even bring Nancy, which kind of sucked. But. Uh, that's too bad. Yeah, it was a, it was invite only, just just comics from the comedy store and me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was good. It was kind of sad. They did a big thing to Mitzi for Mitzi, and you know, she's been passed away for years now. So it, it was kind of sad. But it, we had I had a great time. Saw a lot of people I haven't seen in years. Uh, J JJ uh, Jimmy Walker came. Oh, Jimmy's a good guy. Yeah, so a lot of the old timers came. It was cool. You know, what's amazing about that is there long talks about what Mitzi did to the comedians, didn't pay them. I mean, that woman, didn't she end up buying like acres and acres of property in Los Angeles? Well, she owns a lot of homes in Los Angeles in the hills that she let comics live in. But, okay, there's two sides of Mitzi. Mitzi was a pretty tough woman. I mean, right. tough. She didn't put up with crap from anyone. Well, you'd have to be to deal with comics. Yeah, she's very tough. She would tell you, like, F off in two seconds. But also, Mitzi made you famous. Mitzi yeah, puts yeah. you on the Johnny Carson show. She puts you on the Leno show. She had those that power. And every main comic you could think of was a comedy store comic. They wouldn't yeah, have got famous yeah. without her. They well, wouldn't have. A lot of them seemed to hang out there long after oh, they were famous, everyone too. So hangs they couldn't out. have hated her that much. People still hang out there. Yeah. Still this day, Chris Rock just shot a special. Everyone still goes there. It's just, it's just you know what it is? The comedy, the comedy store is not a comedy club. It's a clubhouse for comics. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference. That's why it'll be there forever, because it's a clubhouse for comics. We had such a great time talking to uh, Craig Gass and Fritz Coleman yesterday. Yeah, I listened Fritz, to that show. It's a good show. Thank you very much. Fritz uh, obviously worked at the Comedy Store, so I got to tell, and Andy, did you cringe when I told the story about your mom yelling at the comedian? You told it <laughs> numerous times. I love that story. So I I'm wish you desensitized could have all been there. at this point. <laughs> I'm desensitized. You know that story, L.A.? 
I've heard of, yeah, I've heard you say it, talk about I it before. Lo- I just love that so. Uh, oh, look, a frozen bitch <laughs> from Jay Leno. Jay Leno calls her a frozen. I, I'm so proud of my wife. I can't so, even tell who's you. So, who's this frozen bitch? I, I'd have to say, for me, the comedy club is deep in my heart because at my lowest point of my life, and I was not a comic. My cousin wasn't a comedy store comic. He didn't even live in LA yet. He lived in, in Philly. And uh, I was. You know, down on drugs, and the, which the comedy store people got me hooked on. <laughs> but they, yeah, they, yeah well. But they got, they actually got me off the drugs, and they adopted me as a non-comic because I was a rocker in L.A. And the comedy store kind of made my life. It really did. Yeah. It really, well, it, really, really it did. Distracted you. It definitely distracted you from any troubles you had, and, right? And it, I get so many great relationships through the comedy store. Just endless. Just endless. So uh, maybe, the, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. But what was your, what was your favorite drug? Oh, it was cocaine. Everyone knows that. I guess so. Well, those days, yeah. I wrote a book yeah. about it. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, but I was stoned when I read yeah. it. So I, I wrote a book about drug use, but it's you know. It is what it is. I got out of it on my own. I didn't go to rehab. I just quit doing drugs and, you know. Must have been a tough couple weeks. (laughs) Actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. No? No, it really wasn't. Huh. But like I said, the comedy store is in my heart deep. And even people that a lot of people don't like. I know a lot of people don't like some certain people out there like Andy Dick and, and Polly and other people, but right. they were all great to me, man. <laughs> Joe Rogan was great to me. A lot of good pe- people were really good to me. And then a lot of people hated me because I got special treatment as not being a comic. Yeah, well, so why would they hate you for that? You got special Oh, you know how it get... is. You know how that I is. I do. Mitzi yes, loved, right. Mitzi loved, liked, liked me a lot. I When Mitzi got sick, I would go, she would ask for me to come to the house, and I would sit with her all day. A lot of people oh, really? Did, a lot, yeah, all day. She'd tell me stories. She told me so many stories telling me, oh, I wish I, this is pre-cell phone. I wish I would have had some of them, recorded some of them. She had these two XK 70, 70 and 71 XKE Jaguars out in the garage. Oh, God, and, uh, I love those cars. <laughs> and she's like, hey, get those. She knew I did cars. She's like, get me. This is how she thought. She's like, get those cars running for me so I can get rid of them. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I, at that time, I think uh, Polly was there and uh, maybe Dice. And I go, why? You're never going to drive again. And they, their jaws dropped because you just don't talk to Mitzi like that. Right. <laughs> she right. come up and pushed me. She's like, I like you. And uh, she just always was good to me, man. She just, her and Dean Gelber, the, he was the GM at the comedy store for like 25 years. And he's my best friend still to this day. I talk to him every other day. Um, he's gone now. He, he got out, built a house in Miramar, actually. It used to be Burma. Um, but yeah, they were just good people to me, and and I had no connection to the comedy world. I, they always said you should be, you should try to be a comic. I'm like, ah, it's not for me. It's just not for me. Cause well, that's a tough life. Man. Well, most comics, to me, in my experience, and I'm not saying all comics. I'm saying most comics are very insecure people. Oh, you yeah. think so? And and I am 25 years. I figured that yeah, out. And I'm an oversecure person, so it just wouldn't work. I suppose. I suppose that is true. Yeah, I, I'm I just overconfident person, which is not good either. But yeah, that's uh, just I would I would clash. 
God, Craig Gass told us a story yesterday about the comedy store because he spent a lot of time out there like every successful comedian has. And apparently, I, I had never heard this story before. Maybe you guys had. But every time Robin Williams appeared at the comedy store, he would do his act. He'd go backstage, walk out the back door, try to get to his car, and the same comedian came over and beat the piss out of him for stealing his material. Oh, he stole a name. He stole a name for a show for a special off that guy. But, but one thing the he was guy, famous yeah, for yeah. was the 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 comics would attack him after the show, and he'd just take out his checkbook and pay them for the jokes. Well, I have I, I I don't know. Everyone really respected Robin at the comedy store, and still do. Robin was a very sensitive person, though. Oversensitive. Oh, he really? said to run anything wrong, like the one wrong thing to him, like just even like anything. Yeah. I remember, I remember, I perfect, perfect, perfect example. Uh, Good Morning LA. They had this spot they were doing, like an ad that they ran on the station for their show. And there was a little tiny clip of Robin going, hey, like, like almost like Fonzie. And I said to Robin one time, I said, hey, that little spot on KTLA, the the Good Morning LA thing, they pay they pay you for that? He's like, no, I don't even know where they got it. I go, you should call them and tell them to take it off because it's a terrible, it's a terrible part of you. It's it's, it's stupid. And he started crying. He well, did. Yeah, he started crying. Well, he was. Oh. That's how sensitive he was, man. He Depression was, is that. That's what that. Very is. sensitive. If you said anything negative to him. He would literally cry in front of you. And that's really? Yeah, really. A lot of comedians are like that, though. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I had a house. So I had the closest house, freestanding house, to the comedy store. Oh. I was, my house was the closest. Well, next to Mitzi's. Um, Mitzi didn't live in that house, but she had a house right. r- between right. the comedy store and the hotel there where Paulie lives now. But at the time, she just let comics stay there. But I had the my house was on Fairfax, so all the comics used to come to my house after the comic store because people don't realize L.A. closes at two. You know, Florida's six a.m. Other places you're late, but L.A.'s two. It's two o'clock. The bars doors are locked. <laughs> you're out in the street, so everyone right. would come to my house, and everyone used to do stand up in my living room. That it was an old craftsman home, big house, and. uh we have Robin did stand up in my living room, and it, it was just, I have such great memories of that time in my life. And, and, and you know, it was, it was the hours they kept that made them such assholes when they came onto the morning show. 
<laughs> well, they were Way still awake. I remember, I mean, those guys coming in bedraggled, hungover, oh, angry. God, yes. Yep, yep. They, they were, were still... not, I mean, I mean, you know, the good ones were the good ones. The good ones were not like that. But the insecure guys, you know, the, the ones who always had, uh, they always had like a, a pilot in the mix, right? They had a, they had a deal with Paramount. Remember sure. those guys? And, and like I said, not the real successful ones, but boy, they came in angry and they left angry. I'll tell you, the, the, the people that weren't insecure ended up being the best people, like Dice Clay. He's not insecure at all, and he's, a nice, he's just a genuine, nice, normal guy. And uh, Joe Rogan, man, Joe Rogan's just a good guy. He just. Really? He yeah. Is, you're the man. first okay, person. Well, he's done so much for person. humanity. I don't know. He was always nice to me and well, yeah, always but... good to me. And Well, everybody, all the, I mean, the most successful people we had on the morning show were always the nicest guys and women, too. He did a lot for a lot of people in L.A., man. He, he wasn't one of those guys that just climbed the ladder and stepped on everyone. He helped out a lot of people. Well, that's good. That's a nice thing to hear. He really did. He, he, he spread, the, spread the wealth and... And other people too. I, I remember one time Chris Rock was the same way. He, he helped a lot. He's helping people right now. He's got you know comedy store comics opening up for him. So yeah, the, 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 but I noticed the ones that aren't insecure because they're over secure. Like Joe Rogan's overconfident, and Dice was overconfident. But they ended up being the, the nicest ones out of in my world of the comedy store. Well, i got to be honest with you. I talked to Joe Rogan twice, and he was a total prick to me both times. So maybe it's me. Well, no, maybe, maybe he grew into that. I don't know. I haven't talked to Joe Rogan in 20 years. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's not he's not a very pleasant person anymore, yeah. I'll tell you that. He gets $100 million a year. So. Yeah, basically, yeah, <laughs> overnight success kind of messes well, I know, with your brain. Definitely not overnight success. <laughs> God, but, I think he's nice to Aaron Rodgers, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, I think you so. You know, he's actually really nice to Polly and the comedy store. You know, he just opened up the Mothership Comedy Club, and he he has a whole bar that's dedicated to Mitzi, Polly's mom. That's good. It has big neon signs. says Mitzi's bar. And so, that, you know, he, he spent, he, he, he grinded his teeth at the comedy store. He would put in a lot of time at the comedy store. I mean, a lot. Mm -hmm. Like 10 years every day. So, he, 10 years every day? Yeah. He was there every day for 10 years. Sounds like oh, a prison okay. sentence to me. <laughs> it kind of is at the comedy store. It's community <laughs> service, doesn't it? Yes, you know, exactly. back in the day when Mitzi was, was the one who made you a comedy store comic and you got your name on the wall, very few people made it in their first couple year or two. It would take sure? years, years, until she got you exactly how she wanted you. She, she, she ran it. It was her deal, man. No, I have to ask you a question. You spent a lot of time at the Comedy Store, and everybody knows that before the Comedy Store it was Ciro's, which was a nightclub uh, restaurant yep. owned by the Mafia. Yep. Now, is do you think it's true? Because a lot of people, I've never talked to one that, 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 that this happened to, but a lot of people claim that all the people that were killed in the basement of Ciro's, their ghosts are still there. Do you believe all those ghost stories? I personally don't because I have actually slept in the comedy store many times. <laughs> and it is the darkest building on earth. There's no windows. So it's black. Right. It's complete right. blackness. Literally complete blackness. Um, I have never heard anything. I have been every square inch of that building all through the cross. There's a cross space. There's a tunnel that goes over across Sunset 
that mm-hmm. used to go into the Hard Rock. Uh, not uh, House of Blues. So sorry, House of Blues. House of Blues. And yeah. uh, I've been all through that. I have found Ciro's memorabilia. I have a champagne bottle that says Ciro's and some bottle toppers that's that's throwing silver bottle toppers that say Ciro's. Um, I found those all in those cross bases down there. But yeah, I have never had any activity. But people like Paulie say definitely. And at, people like Paulie's probably been in the country store more than anyone that's alive today. Right. And then Dean Gelber also says, yeah, I've heard a lot of weird stuff in there. Um, it's spookier now because Mitzi's office is untouched. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And you know who else? Uh, 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 oh, my God. I'm having a mind blank. Uh, Richard Pryor's dressing room is untouched. It's as oh. he left it when he died, and uh, which is pretty crazy. It's like a, a dead child story, and it's pretty yeah, big. Really. Like his his dressing room is as big as this studio, and all his stuff's still in there. I have some pictures of me the last not this last time, but the time before. Uh, they let me go in there, and me and Nancy shot some videos, some pictures. And by, and video by the way, there. for those wondering, this studio is basically the size of my house. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, Richard was a big deal at the comedy store. I guess. Yeah. Packed the house every night. Do you think he'd make it these days? And I'm very serious about that. Do you think any of those comedians? I know, obviously, Don Rickles would not. There's no <laughs> way. I think Don Rickles would. <laughs> You think he would, really? I think he would. I think someone needs to have the balls to be the new Don Rickles. Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> well, a lot of I people have it. tried, though. You know, no one has ever really succeeded. No. No one has. But this, you're right. We live in such acrimonious times. The thing is, we, he would be so gentle these days. You know how I think you could pull it off? Be someone that no one knows. Use a fake name and only do it online. <laughs> I, That's a great idea. I think you could pull it off if you did it that way. And you got to be good, though. you got to be as good as Don Rickles, if not better. Yeah, that's the thing. Is most people who insult each other online are not funny. They're just angry. Right. Yeah. you got to be. Right. And, and, right. and Don got to that point at the end. Well, he'd, he'd have to threaten to kill people, though, to, to stay with today's <laughs> yeah. temperatures. <laughs> exactly. God, I love that's Don exactly Rickles, right. man. Rickles, I remember one of the last things I ever saw him do. I don't even remember where he was, but he was on stage, and he's talking to the crowd. I used to love it when he worked the crowd. He was brilliant at it. Front row, there's a couple sitting there, and uh, he starts talking to the wife. I should mention that um, her husband had a rather sizable schnoz. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, had the big nose. And he's talking to the wife. What, what's your name? What's your name, honey? Uh, my name is uh, Judy Goldstein. Hi, uh, Judy. How you doing? How's everything going, Judy? How's everything great? So uh, are you here by yourself? And she goes, no, I'm, I'm here with my wonderful husband. And she points at the guy with the large nose. And he goes, what? She goes, this is my husband. She goes, oh, I thought he was an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had some bad ones that you sunk in your seat in. Uh, you know, you know who I really loved was the original Don Rickles. It was a guy by the name of Joey Leonard. Remember I remember him? Joey Leonard. Absolutely, and, I and do. And Rickles basically stole his insult. But the, on the other hand, it goes all the way back to vaudeville. So yeah. really nobody stole anything from anyone. Well, technically, it goes all the way back to uh, about 500 B.C. when all yeah. the Greek politicians well, would just of. sit there and insult each other. All you know who else was, was really <laughs> Don Rickles and good? It was Joan Rivers. She, oh, absolutely. She grabbed, yeah. she grabbed a oh, lot I of Don Rickles stuff, and she was really good. 
I loved her so much. Yeah. And she, I've talked to her, I don't know, 30 times, girlfriend. You were, um, it's got to be more than that, sure. probably 50 times. Yeah. She was always extremely sweet to me. She was. I don't yeah. know. But then again, wonderful. you know, she didn't write her own jokes, so she could be sweet when she wasn't on stage. That's what I it's heard. True. She, really? She bought I did, a lot I didn't of know jokes. that. Didn't yeah. know that. But a lot of, I mean, a lot of comics get some help, but I. Yeah, yeah. But, and maybe she just. Maybe she just got that thrown at her because she was a, a woman in a man's world too, and very successful. And very successful. So that was that might have been part. I always found her very very entertaining. Her ad libbing I thought was terrific when she was on the show. Yeah. Oh, she was hilarious. Even on, on she had to be pretty good because even when she did stuff on the red carpet spontaneously, she was good. You know who one yeah. of my favorite comics is? Hmm. Is the uh, president of Ukraine. <laughs> oh yeah, very very funny. Zelensky. Zelensky. Well, he's I mean, a stand-up comedian. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he the he he's the most successful comic yeah, well, in the world. It, <laughs> that's true. He only got a hundred billion this year. It took a comedian, <laughs> you know, to make that country into something at least a, a, sort of resembling a democracy. You know, they they were all corrupt before him. He more or less cleaned it up. It took a comic for that. That tells you something. Well, after he put his, his political rival in prison. But, yeah. Well, well it's, it's Eastern it's Europe. What Ukraine. do you expect? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's the know. richest comic in the world. Well, and here in the U.S., we've, we've certainly have had presidents who ran basically on, on the platform that they were going to put their, uh, their opponents in prison. So Yeah, they're working well, they on it right now. Yeah, they're yeah. Still, it just doesn't always work. You know, it's the thing. Yeah, it works for both, yeah. yeah. When it starts working, that's when you got to really start worrying. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it depends on the crime, too. It's kind of sad because right now, I, I, I know people, I just I won't mention any names, but people that are my age and their career, they were just starting to get back something mm. and then covid and all hit and now yeah unfortunately yeah. they're timing out they're just timing out man yeah mm -hmm. that's you why know? i'm not a fan of joe rogan one of the many reasons you know D dice walks around new york city and asks people <laughs> he, i don't know if anyone here follows andrew dice clay on on social media but he walks around new york city and asks people hey are you the people that wanted the picture with me and they don't know who he is no one knows who he is <laughs> So, oh, that's sad. So he he got Paulie did it yesterday. Paulie did did you know, I'm gonna do this for Dice and he's walking around. I think he's in uh uh what he was in some state like maybe Cincinnati or something. And he's walking around going, Hey, are you are you the guys wanting the picture with me? And they're like we, like running. <laughs> we know who you are. But that's it's a shame because people are timing out and people don't realize the most value the the biggest mistake people make thinking that they have time. You don't have any time. If you're past 25, you don't have any time. Just run your life that way, that you're timed out. That sucks for everyone yeah. in this room. It's just, yeah. the, it's just the way it is, man. So enjoy. I look at it as a soccer game, and I'm on penalty time. And, but I don't know. I know I've got more, but I don't know when it's going to suddenly end. You I'm it. sorry to be so depressing, but <laughs> you got to run with it. I, I said, but you're I, right. It can be. You can look at it either way. Too. I was thinking on the way here. Like I'm really enjoying my life for now. I think right here, I'm yeah. drug free. I'm dr completely drug free for 12 yeah. years now. But I'm living my life like I'm a full blown drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> well, what the hell? I'm Whatever serious because you're. I'm timing out. Yeah. I'm timing out. I at best. Yeah. At best, I have like. 300 months at best 300 months that's it man but you don't have to be a you definitely don't have to be a, a, a former drug addict to 
to feel that way. No, to, you don't. To, to, to live that way. But it can be an advantage, of course. Yeah, it is an advantage for me. Yeah, I, well, I, I I'm so. trying to get that 10 years I wasted back. So I'm living double time. Yeah. And no, I am. I'm I, living yeah. double time. I lost 10 years of my life to depression, at least. Yeah. And, and I do appreciate life a lot more now than yeah. I did, say, 10 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we probably all do. I think so. If we're lucky, yeah. Well, not everybody out in the streets. Most people are flaming pricks. To no, I mean, I mean everyone here. <laughs> I know you yeah. appreciate your life now more, Tom, all the shit oh, you've been through. I mean, no you've been through hell and high water with these corporations and all this garbage. And Oh, yeah. Well, I, my big mistake was trying to help them out. As soon as I tried to help them by giving some money back so oh, yeah. they wouldn't, the bills wouldn't, they, that's the day they started treating me like shit. It was unbelievable. Blood in the water. People are just... People are, yeah, blood and water. That's what they thought it was. Mm. But you know what? Good luck to you. That's all well, I have to say. I worry about you most with stress, man, because stress kills. Oh, and I got a lot of stress. I know, and that's not good, it. man. It's unhealthy. It, it, it you cause, are right. It'll cause you a lot of problems physically. Physical problems. Well, People don't think stress causes physical problems. It does. Absolutely. But, you know, you, you're not going to change Tom because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I told Tom 20 years ago, you know, you should retire now. Look how far I got. It didn't happen. <laughs> didn't I? I don't think he should retire. But well, I don't think he should retire I, from life. I, I just, think he's, just, no, I don't think he should retire from, from anything. I, I just think sleep, you know, sleep's a big thing. It and, is. And en enjoyment. When you talk That's about things that kill people, sleep is right up there. That is lack of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have that problem. <laughs> okay, I'm going I'm to make a couple of references here, and then I'm going to give you the payoff of something that just popped up on my screen. Because, it, you know, first of all, you know that IA founders saying to shut it all down because it's going to destroy us. Mm. But that's not the one I was getting. That, that, that's just a piece that popped up just well, now. Well, right now, you know, it, it's 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 uh, unintellectual. That's <laughs> killing yeah, us. That's, exactly. You know, it's, yeah, so it's a, it's a little different. Okay, so here's the deal. Here, here, um, here's what I'm trying to get through because I keep asking people, are we ever, ever going to be able to get past this period of hatred we're in right now? And I, I look at a couple of things. And now, I've been a Democrat. I've been a Republican. I am neither now. I'm trying to find some place in the center where I can stand and what really helps me out. And I'm getting to the, there, there actually is a payoff to this. You got Donald Trump pretending to be hitting the uh, the uh, attorney in Los Angeles with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. That you was saw that fake, picture, right? Yeah, I know. Oh, that was oh, it was fake. He never did that. Yeah, someone made it. Well, what oh, happened that's was brilliant. he well, linked a news article and the Twitter. You know how Twitter kind of just like takes a uh, graphic from a news article that was in the news article that he linked. So it. Put that in yeah, the let's, tweet. Yeah, let's not say that he had nothing to do with it, okay? He's the guy who made it famous. I don't think he's. I saw the smart original picture was him doing. holding a baseball bat saying it was a company that makes them in America. Right. That's they also, the also entertain Nazis for, with dinner. So, you That's know, got nothing to do with this story. No, but what I'm saying is the <laughs> anger, the hate is there. Oh, I, there's no I'm, question that's about That's all that. I'm linking that to. Okay, so here's what I'm saying. You got your Republican who, uh, who, and I, and I did not know that that uh, that thing was true because it was reported on several CNN reported it as true at first. I know that. Mm -hmm. That I, I think guarantee. they've recanted that. Have they now? I think okay, so. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, uh, so you got you got that deal. You got you got Trump acting like a fool, and then of course you got Joe Biden coming down to talk about Nashville, and the first thing he says is, "The only reason I'm here is to get an ice cream cone, a little chocolate chip, huh?" I, really? I didn't. I watched well, that live. I was beyond. I was like, baffled. Just he, baffled. What is he doing? He's kind of famous for that. And to watch him 
Oh. Watch him shuffling around is just scary, isn't it? Oh, it's I beyond scary. The, these two back to back, a lot to take. Yeah. But I close off with this one. You ready? This is an actual story in the news this morning. Fox chief described fact check as bad for business. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get rid of those fact checking things. You know what I just I'd like can't to see? Take it anymore. I'd like to see a two man show. Joe Biden and George W. Bush. Oh, God. Yeah, there you go. It'd take them half an hour to get through one joke. <laughs> they both tell it wrong. So I have a question for you guys. What should I do? I can't be a Republican. I can't be a Democrat. These people are driving me crazy. All the politicians now are just money-grubbing pigs. What are we going to do about this? You know what you do? You do what I did. I've al- Well, I've always been registered independent. I've never been anything else but... But right. I just turned it out of my life for the last six months. I have to. And it's been the most beautiful thing that's ever happened. But how do I report the news if I'm not reading the news? There's plenty of other news. You know, there's a train, a train derailment in Minnesota today. With yeah, Wilmer. Full, yeah. full of uh, ethanol. Seems like yeah. that maybe there's a trend there, doesn't it? But that was my question, and I asked that this morning. I said, what is with all these trains derailing? They said, oh, this happens all the time. It's just never reported. That's true. There is like a train derailment pretty much every day, I think, somewhere. Every day. Well, it's yeah. just a thousand that, a year. It's just that they don't, they don't <laughs> have all the same safety measures they once had. Plus, and this is probably even, even a bigger thing, plus they're transporting a lot more toxic shit. Yeah, that's the real problem. That's the yeah, real problem. The problem that's with the, problem. the uh, one in um, Ohio was what it was transporting. Right. I mean, ethanol, you know. Well, Monochloride is bad and stuff, that's, man. And that was the problem with the one in Wilmer, too, as I saw it. Monochloride is bad shit. Yes, it is. It's My dad, you know, we used to work for a railroad. Uh, he was not an engineer. He was a PR guy. But this goes back to the 50s. And, uh, like, I remember being a little kid and be, you know, like, six at night, and my dad would be packing his bags, and, you know, naturally I thought he was leaving us, of course. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, I'd say, where are you going? He said, well, you know, we had a train derail in Peoria, so I got to go down there, and, uh, you know, I got to brief all the, all the reporters around there. Now, fortunately for railroads, there are no reporters anywhere. So that's one more reason why, you know, you won't hear about these things every day unless there's, you know, they're carrying something toxic. But in those days, it was the same thing that caused the derailments then. And that's the part yeah. that blows my mind. It's what we, we used to call the hot box. Now, I have a question for you. Aren't all those tracks and railroad cars owned by Warren Buffett and Bill Gates? I don't know about Gates, but Buffett Buffett's for sure. In it. Yeah, I know Buffett owns some of them. Would you look it up, Andy? I know that Bill Gates is somehow tied to rail systems, whether he owns the rails themselves. <laughs> no, you know or... what? So you know what? The the, the weirdest, <laughs> the funniest part of all of it. You go to other countries; their rail system is like light years ahead of us. No. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! We're yeah. like we're like in the caveman and, days. And the corruption of the railroad business. You know where it started? Yeah. Hmm. Lincoln. Oh, really? Yeah. Lincoln got rich by buying up. He had, of course, inside information about where, you know, where the stops were going to be. And he would buy up all the property. He put himself deeply in debt, you know, by buying all this property by the railroad sidings. And, uh, you know, he was a shrewd investor. So you can't (laughs) when you talk about politicians, eh, you know. You're going to get your heart broken. But our train structure is old, man. Our trains are old. Yeah. I mean, it's old. Decrepitude. They're yeah. like from the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Well, the real problem is that 
America is so enormous. I mean, most American states are bigger than a lot of European countries. Mm. So unless each state is given full ability to control its own railroads, which they're not because railroads cross state lines. And which they wouldn't, by the way. But the train system, like in all of Europe, it's like 20 tracks deep, man. And they're so efficient and clean and there's no issues and there's no fights on the train <laughs> there's no one smoking dope and mm-hmm. it's just a whole different world bill gates owns canadian railroads by the oh, way canadian. Oh, okay. canadian for some railroads. reason canada well, specifically well and and i will have to say that uh, my experience with canadian railroads oh, it's just what just what nick is saying just great yeah obviously. wonderful railroads in canada yeah the rest of the world does yeah well, especially yeah, southeast the asia their railroads are just insanely oh nice. god yeah Japan. Really? Oh, man. Japan has just bullet trains to go 380 miles an hour and just so clean. And there's little girls in uniforms that come up and sell you food, bendo boxes and stuff, and they're all dressed up. And Mm -hmm. it's like nicer than anything you've ever been on. And it's all, it's magnetic, so you don't feel nothing. Yep, those Shinkansen. It is beautiful, man. Japan has the highest end I've ever been to. So does Europe, though. Europe has a lot of bullet trains that do over 300 miles an hour. And you can't feel anything. And they serve food and all. Yep. And no yep. one, it's just spotless. Yeah. Spotless. Everything's spotless. I don't know how they keep it so nice. We used to ride the railroads when I was a little kid because my dad could go free on any railroad in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it was all turning to crap then. Oh, well, I'm talking mm. about the 50s. It's it was just turning a, to shit. It's so bad now. It's mm. bad. Yeah. I mean, bad. Why did it happen? Homelessness is a big problem. They just stay on the train. Why do well, they that would be them? more like the subways, though. Yeah, the subways. Yeah, but yeah. which are trains? In, but in even Amtrak, their trains are so old, man. They are, they're archaic. They're just worn out. Yeah. yeah, the seats are worn. Everything's just worn out. It's uh, so you know what? largely it's just an infrastructure issue, I mean, and we don't care about infrastructure. We're still running those stainless right. steel <laughs> train cars. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, yes, like the Rock Island Road. It's ridiculous. Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy... It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights 
or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Well, I have some uh, information about the Wilmer derailment that makes it extremely dangerous, actually. Yeah. Uh, it happened just after bar close, and they were hauling ethanol and corn syrup. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. You mix those two things, mm. you got a party. Oh, God. <laughs> God. That was all, you know, ethanol shouldn't even be in those cars. It should have been in a pipeline, but everyone's so anti-pipeline Every, for some yeah, reason. I don't understand pipelines. why. They're transporting millions and millions of gallons of oil through Minnesota every day on train cars. I know. It's like these pipelines, I mean, yeah, they leak a lot of oil, but compared to the amount of gas that needs to be burned to truck every, all that but oil new, down, it's new, nothing. The new pipelines don't leak. There's, they got that stuff down to a science. Not unless uh, quote-unquote environmentalists blow them up. Except, yeah, they're, they're seven-layered thick pipelines. They're not leaking anything. They yep. got nylon pipe inside a steel pipe inside another pipe. And The pipelines are by far the most eco-friendly way to transport liquids. Absolutely. But so why for, don't they? Because people, people are stuck in the '80s when pipelines would have a tendency to leak all the time. Oh, yeah. They don't. It's like yeah. the, the same reason these people are against nuclear power. Oh, so they I'm remember. Just say that. Yep. Nuclear they remember the Chernobyl. The world. They remember Three Mile Island, and they can't get over it. So they're making sure that no one ever can build any nuclear plants because they're always like, it's going to be another Chernobyl, even though Chernobyl happened what? 40, 50 and, years and ago. And Chernobyl at this point? was a different kind of power plant than they built today. It's and it not was not even also, the same process. It was run yes. extremely poorly as well. Well, we are experiencing uh, a little bit of a problem here in that business in Minnesota. So, here yeah, we are. It goes on. Yep. It does indeed. Yeah, I have a question for you that I brought, I brought this up on a morning show too because I, I, I've been telling people, and they go, that can't be true. So, I actually checked the numbers last night to make sure. So I got to get this straightened out of my mind. You guys got to figure this out for me. Okay, I should get rid of my gas stove, correct? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I get... I, I'm not hip to all that stuff. Okay, so I should get rid of my gas stove, but seven and a half billion people live in the Eastern Hemisphere. Who do you think's polluting more, me or them? Yeah, that's the thing. What a bullshit argument this is. There are one billion people in the Western Hemisphere, the entire mm -hmm. Western Hemisphere. One billion. Over there, there's seven and a half billion. Who do you think's causing all the problems? Well, not to mention... Like lawyers. I, like, well, yes. Yes. Exactly. And hedge funds, Very I'm sorry. I missed yeah, that. hedge funds and lawyers, exactly. <laughs> like I've said before, the other thing is, it's like, you build a factory in America, then that's not green. It's polluting. Right. You build a factory in China and ship the goods to America, that's green. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Say it. If you go to countries like India oh or Pakistan, oh God, they just dump or everything Indonesia, in the ocean. Yeah, they, there's a thousand dump trucks full yep. of garbage backing up the rivers, just dumping. Yep, they don't I've care at all. I've personally seen it with my own eyes. Oh. Yeah. 
they don't they don't, there's nothing you go in fatchies there's people wearing sandals grind painting stuff with no mask it's not i'm serious <laughs> yep. i'm not kidding you i think i think every month or so the ganji river just catches on fire yeah, it is it just does. jump yeah. everything <laughs> and man. then burning all the bodies of the animals that are put in there yeah i was gonna say the probably the corpse fumes are uh, well, igniting any they burn human bodies all the time they still just in a field right there, you'll be like walking down the street and they'll be burning field mm-hmm. a pound, a big thing of pile of bodies. Mm-hmm. But you can go in a fatchy there, there'll be a guy spraying two inches from his face with with a spray gun, no mask, no respirator, mm-hmm. wearing a gown and sandals. All day, just spraying. <laughs> yep. Yeah, picking up just, the benzene, uh, the benzene spills with their hands. Oh, well, it's that's, brutal, man. That's the thing. It's when you got seven and a half billion people concentrated in a relatively small area. Human life becomes very cheap. But nothing's yep. worse than yeah. watching these kids in these cobalt mines. Oh, God. Yeah, we just oh, talked about that mines. earlier this Nothing. week. Yep. Nothing's yep. worse than that. Yep. How many kids um, a year die in those mines? Oh, it's, it's a lot. Uncountable. 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 Well, yeah, we wouldn't know because they're not counting them. Oh, they it's literally exactly. uncountable because they don't bother counting. It's just like, it's nothing new. Do you know how many dead bodies are in the Great Wall of China? Mm. Oh yeah, that was and that was a long time ago too. It's it's an astronomical number. It's like when you hear it, you go, "That can't be true." But it's like a million people are buried in that. Oh no, wall. people would people would die all the time building those walls because they were placing all these bricks by hand. Oh, there's literally like a million people yeah. buried in that wall. You fall off that wall, you're dead. <laughs> well, look at how many people died. You know, going back to the railroads. Yes, at railroads too. They used a lot of Chinese. They used a lot of Chinese. Well, the people. Chinese people didn't die so much because they knew what they were doing. Yeah. How many, were how many years did it take to build the Great Wall of China, Andy? Let's see here. It was a very long time. It was an extremely long time. Yeah. Let's see. When did it get started and when was it finished? Uh, looks like it took about. Maybe about a little under a thousand years. <laughs> a well, thousand years. Yeah. If you see it, it's the only thing you can see from space on Earth. And, they and it was say all built by hand. It was all no. built by human hand. And they say there's over a million bodies in that wall. Yeah, the the uh, the most recent sections, the ones that everyone is most like, you see the pictures of because they look the best. They were built during the Ming Dynasty, which lasted from 1368 yeah. to 1644. So you got a good dynasty. You can take all your time you need. Yeah, exactly. It's but, funny. They built that whole wall in the one section that they didn't do near Mongolia. They got invaded. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like the worst place not to wall <laughs> That's where they there. got invaded. Mm-hmm. You know, what's amazing to me is that all of our hedge fund people and, and all of our politicians and all the rest of it, we know what we're doing, and then they allow them to go on TV and talk about how horrible America is with pollution, and oh my God, America's a horrible place, and it's because they're all making millions and billions of dollars mm-hmm. from the Eastern Hemisphere. I've never ever seen a news reporter say, do you know there are seven and a half times more people in the Eastern Hemisphere than there are in this one? Why are you focused so much? Look, we all should live cleaner lives. That's not what I'm saying. But the blame goes very squarely on the Eastern Hemisphere for all this pollution. And and why is it that we have politicians who 10 years ago all they could talk about was how great the country is and now all they can talk about is how horrible our country is. Yes, you're absolutely right and I'm sick to death of it because of what they said. I think it's all about getting U.S. taxpayers' dollars out of the country. It is. You're Get it out right. of this country so we can steal it. Yep. Because yep. you can't steal it when it's here. There's there's too much oversight. <laughs> you got to get it out. Money, money, money. You wouldn't want to get off your ass and work, you know, to make money. Just keep in mind, 
money is the root of all evil. If you follow the money, you will find the evilness. No, you're right. Yeah. Or at least, as they say, it's the love of money. Yes, the love of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look at the, uh, the girlfriend over here quoting the Bible. Yeah. Hmm? yeah what the sure hell? Does. No, he wasn't. He was he quoting the OJs for the love of money. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Hey, I, I, when I was younger, when I was younger, uh, like oh, when was I was good. like about 15, I went through a period where I, where I, re- I did read the Bible. Yeah, I mm-hmm. read the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that's when I became uh, an atheist. Remember uh, W.C. <laughs> Fields? appeals to me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I know what you're talking W.C. Fields, about. the last couple of days on earth, mm-hmm. uh, his friends walked into his hospital room. He was dying, and they found him reading the Bible, and they said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm looking for loopholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all I saw was like, you know, and... Of course, I took the worst parts of it uh, to to heart. But was, what all I saw was, well, you know, here's the thing, pal. If your neighbor doesn't believe in the same God you do, kill him. Yeah. Well, Explain that to me, too. Well, I that, don't get it. Uh, that happened a lot. The Christian Crusades were probably the yep. deadliest time in world history. And they killed millions and millions of people if you didn't become a Christian. But with that said, I'm not an atheist. I do believe there's a God. And I think it's important to believe there's a God just to get you through this crap. <laughs> well, a greater good at least. If yes. You, if yeah. you can't yes. use God, can you just use good? Because That'd when be you're good. on your deathbed, you should think that you're going, something good's going to happen. You oh. can't just be all negative. But you see, you have to have something positive. How I get through it is, is by betting on the horses. <laughs> No, when I die, I'll that. probably think I'm going to that big racetrack in the sky. Oh, that's okay, as long as you have something positive that's back there. Yeah. Well, well yesterday true. on this very show, Craig Gass and Fritz Coleman both talked about the fact that when, when he uh, got uh, in a very, very serious car accident, one of the most famous comedians in the world was talking to God, and then he died. Oh, yeah, Kinnison. Kinnison, Sam Kinnison was Boy, talking was he to great God. Too. Well, we don't know who he was talking to God. We don't know who he was talking to. I got to. endless Kinnison stories, but... Uh, but, <laughs> I bet you not a lot of them are good. I'm Mike, guessing. Oh, the best thing I ever have, though, that I can I can pull it, you can pull it up online right now and listen to it, is New York Film Festival, and it's Paulie Shore. Some other people talking about Sam Kennison, and they go, "That's why we love Sam." And the very next words out of their mouths were, "How great was L.A. Nick?" Right after, right after Sam <laughs> Kennison's Aww. name, and that is online. Google it. Google Paulie Shore talking about L.A. Nick. Just that it'll pop right up. But to have my name right after Sam Kennison, I had a lot of good times with Sam, and he was just a special guy. And boy, brings tears bring tears to my eyes to even talking about it. He's one of those guys who, and there aren't many, who made me laugh until it just hurt. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know when to quit. <laughs> he didn't. You mean uh, drugs? And well, drinking? no, just hanging out yeah. with him. He, <laughs> so he used to, there's, so in, in Hollywood, still now, but back in the day, every nightclub was a different club seven nights a week. So one oh, night, really? yeah, it, it was like one night it'd be a gay bar, next night it'd be uh, over 50 bar, next night it'd be a punk bar, because they couldn't stay in business any other way. So promoters would take over each building every night. And uh, so every Wednesday... There was a club called Red Light District on Hollywood Boulevard, mm-hmm. and uh, Sam would always, me and Paul Kane from the, a band called Mondo Kane, 
I don't know why, but Sam liked us, and he would call me up. He say, "Hey, you guys want to? We're going to go tonight." So it just became where he didn't even call anymore. He just picked us up every Wednesday, <laughs> and uh, he always had a gallon of, of uh, one of those gallon jugs of wine with a little handle. Oh, sure, yeah, a gallon. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And they would let him walk in the bar with it because he was Sam Kennison. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, this is when he was wearing the long scarves and the long... Uh, oh, sure. The long scarves and the long jackets. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he would always have an eight-ball ball in his pop pocket, and he would, he would put his hand out and, like, stretch his thumb and make that indentation in there. Like, if you stretch your thumb out, you get oh, this yeah, yes. little no, I, I, I can see it. He would, yep. p- he would pour a Coke in there and stick it up to your nose. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, right in the bar. Sam. But, oh, but the problem with Sam was that was all fun and great. It was all great until, you know, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you were done. You were like, I got to go home. I'm done. And he'd be like, no, we're going to so-and-so's. And then, you know, you get another eight ball, and then it just never ends. Yeah. This is it's seven o'clock in the morning. He's going to get, go get another eight ball. It just never stopped, and you know, so you couldn't hang out with Sam that much because you would die. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you guys, and I'm serious about this. Now, Andy will tell you that he and his sister Alex are not big drinkers. They've never done drugs. They've never been involved in any underhanded. What? And to tell you the truth, even the rough road that I had with my father, I was never involved in street drugs or I said, you know, I smoked pot for a while and then I decided I didn't want to inhale smoke, so I stopped doing that. Well, if you see it, you know, it's uh, it's pretty much a, a pretty good deterrent. I mean, I I found my brother's heroin gear. When I was mm-hmm. 13. Right. And right. certainly never had the desire to do that after that. That's what I'm saying. How do these people all, I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of people now that need our, our help, unfortunately. Mm. We can't possibly help all of them. How do they do that to themselves? What is so painful well, they I, need to I, cover I, up? I, I tell you what, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't covering up pain. So I, in my generation, Cocaine was a casual thing that I did since I was in high school, but you didn't become an addict. You would do a line or two on a Friday night, and that was it. It was no big deal. It was like drinking a cup of coffee. It really was. It was no big deal. It wasn't Mm -hmm. until the 80s that people, you know, started freebasing the crack thing. And I remember, I remember like it happened yesterday. I was at someone's house, and they were passing around a pipe, and I didn't know what it was, and and I didn't smoke pot. I wasn't a, never a pot smoker, and uh, I said I asked them what it was, and they said that's oh, freebase. I didn't know what freebase was, and you know who it was? It was the amazing Jonathan. You remember the amazing sure. Jonathan? Oh, absolutely. Time? So absolutely. it was it was him. It was at his, his right. house, and uh, he was big when I was uh, you know when I was uh, doing uh, hiring people to he, do comedy shows and. Casino he, in, in uh, Wisconsin. He was, I, I was his, that's my, when I first moved to L.A., he was my, I, I was his roommate. That was, that was my first place I lived, was Jonathan's house. So anyway, he passed well, me this pipe. That. Yeah, he was, my, that's how I ended up in L.A. He asked me to be his roommate. He passed oh. me this pipe, and I did a hit of it, and it literally went right to my dick. Hmm. <laughs> and, what? And I, yeah, it was like, like, right, oh, right to my groin. I'm like, I don't want any more of that. I don't want nothing to do with that. Just take You're messing that, with sensitive just goods take here. Take that away. Why? Well, because it was like an instant. 
I don't know. Gratification. I mean, most thing. people I know have been playing with their groin all their life. So but. I swore I was never going to do it again, and I dreamt about it every single night till I went back to him. I said, hey, let me try that again. <laughs> wow. So I said, a comic got me addicted, which was the amazing Jonathan, which he was an addict, full-blown addict. And Jonathan would smoke an ounce of Coke a day, an ounce. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a that's... lot, man. And, uh, How rich was he? Jeez. Oh, John, Jonathan made a lot of money, man. He spent it all on drugs. I was going to say, he must have made and spent a lot of money. Um, then he became a meth head uh -oh. later when he moved to Vegas, because Vegas is all meth. Um, you know, he just died, not recently. The 24-hour town, as they say. Um, Jonathan was so talented of a person. It, we he would, died a year ago. We would be up all night, and he would show me all his tricks. And I, I'm terrible at, at memory, me memorizing tricks. I still can do the rising aces, his card trick. If I had some of his gear, I can do the knife thing where he cuts his arm off. But I don't, you know, all the good stuff I went one in one ear and out the other. I did it once and could never do it again. But yeah, he was a, he was a character. That guy was a character, man. You know, I, I really think that there's a lot of reasons for all the overdose deaths now. I don't think it's any one thing, but I think a pretty big component is that you know it's 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 also among other things it's it's an epidemic of hopelessness i agree yeah well yeah you don't yeah. start doing drugs unless you're trying to uh change something no. about your life well i think there's two right. different groups there's people like me who just were in a place and got turned on to it and became an addict then there's people out in the middle of nowhere that have nothing else to do yeah <laughs> there's nothing to do they used to drink yeah there's nothing to do so someone says hey you want to try this next thing you know they're hooked on it now they're stealing your crap because they need the money mm -hmm. so yeah it's 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 and a but, lot of people of course you know they're they're dying of overdoses because they don't know what they overdosed on and oh, you know yeah. for as long as i've known tom as long as i've been doing any part of kq or this show i've mm -hmm. always said the number one problem in america is drugs and it is. Drug it abuse is, is mm -hmm. dev devastated our country. It tore a hole in the fabric so big that I don't think it's repairable. Well, and it's, it's, you know, it goes back in history. It's not like, I mean, every culture, every culture has, and, you know, they find this even when they find, you know, hidden tribes in Peru. Every culture has a way to get high. Yep. And they yeah. do oh, yeah. get high. Yep. And for, you know, for all of, all of my life, the, the, the worst problem, is, of course, has always been alcohol until, you know, more recently when it's pretty much right. everything. It's a new thing every, every few years, but alcohol is the mainstay. The difference is now they're, they kill you quicker. They do, yeah, I mean, because I know people, <laughs> you, know. you know, who've been drinking all their lives, and all they really, you know, the worst thing is about 10 years of terrible suffering at the end, but then that's true of a lot of people the way we extend lives that these is, days well, there's yeah. a, a lot of drugs even in the united states that most people have never heard of mm -hmm. um there's drugs that are key to certain areas like philadelphia has its own drugs that no one else has like they have a drug called one hit katie or kw or killer weed no one else has that and t t yeah. tick match head tick that's a philly thing then you go to other places, they have their own specialty drugs, but they're all bad drugs. Yeah, it, it used to be much more of a regional problem, but of course, you know, the cartels have taken care of that to some extent. I don't see, when I go, I, I go, I visit Italy a lot, Pedro, and I just don't see it there. I don't, yeah. I, I talk to a lot of young kids. They say, oh, marijuana comes, they still call it marijuana. <laughs> and they say marijuana comes through every now and then, but they don't have a drug problem. You know, they don't have a drug problem. No. What? 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 They don't. You, I, what do you? What's alcohol? 
but that, they don't they don't, they look down on you if you drink like even me when I'm there and I have more than two glasses of wine they'll start talking about you that you're drinking and make sure you hear it and same with uh, Argentina I was just in San Rafael they don't they don't drink if you if you have more than two drinks they look down on you and they don't have drugs and they're right near drugs. <laughs> I mean, you got Brazil and Colombia and all right there. But yeah, it's different cultures, you know, more. Yeah. They're just different. Japan doesn't do, it's really hard to get drunk in Japan, almost impossible. Yeah. They take 25 minutes to serve you a drink. <laughs> it's 25 yeah. minutes between each drink. Well, that's why I could never get drunk anymore because it takes me 25 minutes to drink a six ounce beer. I think America has the biggest drug problem in the world. Well, it's right up there. It's definitely up there. Um, I think Mexico is pretty bad. Uh, so but, you don't have to go very far. But there's not a lot of drug addicts there. No, they're supplying it more than they're uh, consuming mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. for sure. God, I don't know. I just, it, it's I sad. never, because I watched it as a kid in my neighborhood, watch people die even, watch how people would act, I never had any desire to do any serious drugs. Never. You know, I, I, this, this occurs to me now, but I think that in America... The one thing that we have, uh, we have more and more of an epidemic of, it's linked to hopelessness, is disappointment. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, told, we're told in the early part of our lives, oh, you know, you can be president. No, you can't be president. I'm sorry. You know, you can do this, and then you no. find out you can't do that. <laughs> that is true. If, 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 that, if that is true, then we're in a lot of trouble for the future because these kids today are told they have the world. Yep. Yeah, and they think they do for a while. Well, they're in fantasy land. Not only are they told that they can have anything, they they're are told that they deserve everything. Yes, and yes. many times, entitled to it. Many yep. times they believe that they do have everything. Yep. And then that, that's when you really got problems. I agree. But it is true, you know, in, in most country, in a third world country, there's no disappointment. You grew up knowing that you don't have shit. Yeah, if I eat today, then that's a good day. Yeah, it's you know, just like just like in the ancient times. You know, if, if you were able to accumulate enough calories, then you were good until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that hasn't changed in millions of years. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom, were you in Minnesota in the 80s? Yeah, I was here. Well, the only time I was gone was uh, eighty-two to eighty-six. Okay, well, eighty. That okay. That's where were you in eighty-two to eighty-six? New York City. Okay, well, that's the crack craze. Yeah, that's when crack that's came right. through. Yep, exactly. And you know, I was where you are right now when the crack craze came through. I was in West Palm, and mm-hmm. it messed and, West Palm Beach up for oh, a long man, time. Oh man, people have no idea. So it was so it was so such a strange thing. So if you lived on the east side of Dixie. That stayed okay. Oh, yeah, Palm Beach. The left side of Dixie, 
every building. I don't care if it was a law office or a dentist office. It got boarded up because those people got addicted to crack. Mm -hmm. it, it, it didn't come back for, I'm talking decade. A decade those buildings stayed boarded up. Yep. Crack really destroyed South Florida. You man. can still see that, actually. Oh, no, West there's still parts that never yeah. came back. Yep. Still parts that never came West back. West of Dixie well, you know is, yeah, usually even the just west, Even just west of, of US-1, the west side, Yeah. that storefront, some of them never came back. Yep. And we're talking a long time ago. 30, 40 years, yeah. Yeah. You, got, you know the name Steve Ross, uh, L.A.? Steve Ross. Developer Steve Ross. In, in Florida. Oh, yeah, I know I know the name. Uh from what I understand, he literally is buying everything from the north side of West Palm all the way up to Singer Island, and he's tearing it all down. Well, he probably bought like it all for years. about fifty dollars. Well, so. there's a lot of probably. corruption in West Palm right now. They know the mayor, this mayor right oh, now, oh, yeah. was a contested uh, election. He wouldn't let anyone run against him. I don't right. know how that's legal. I don't know. I don't know how it's legal. How do you, how do you how do you say no one can run against me? <laughs> I, I, I mean, what are we living in? Well, that's uh, that's American politics. You know, yeah. I remember when when West Palm was a total shit town. It was mm -hmm. bad. Yes. Yep. All downtown was just empty, boarded up buildings. There was no building. The first building to get developed was Respectable Street Cafe. Rodney Mayo opened it. Now he owns about three hundred bars from West Palm to Lauderdale. That's what I heard, yeah. And and he's a really good guy. I like him a lot. And uh very smart smart guy. And he 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 is solely responsible for the renovation of downtown West Palm. And yeah. now they just pushed him out like he was nothing, like just get out of here and it's a very corrupt city right now, which never was before. It's new. This is all new. But it's deeply corrupt. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, not good. Yeah, I could move to Palm Beach proper, but uh, I don't have fifty million dollars to spare. So, yeah. did you? Hear, oh, did did I tell you that stat, Andy? Because I found that out uh, last night. What? You know how many billionaires now live on Palm Beach Island? It's probably got to be at least twenty of them. Anybody else with a guess? Well, Twenty seems a lot, but no, uh, there's more than that. But from, I'm, I'm gathering it's a lot more. There's a couple hundred homes on the island, so. But of yeah, course, they don't necessarily live there, right? That's true. They might Summer just homes. own the homes. homes yeah. yeah, and most of them don't live there. I'd they say just forty-six have. billionaires. It's a specific you missed number. Missed by two. Forty-eight. Forty. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. You, but you know where two, it's even though, wealthier, Tom? Mm. Is right down the street, Manalapan. Manalapan is oh, the wealthiest, yeah. the wealthiest land in the United States. Yeah, but that's on Palm Beach Island. Is it? It's south of Palm Beach Island. It's between Palm Beach and and Lake Worth, which is worthless. <laughs> yeah, but still, on, it's on the same island, though. The same. It is, but it's it is its own name. It's not part of. It is. It has its it own is, yeah. cop and all Manalapan, but it is the wealthiest. The problem with Manalapan, it's scary because you have the ocean. If you live in Manalapan, it's only one property deep, so yep. you have the ocean and the back or in right. front of your house and you have yep. the intercoastal right behind your house mm -hmm. so if there yep. was ever a bad storm you're done well the entire population is 419 so yeah. that's how small that place is i used to go if you have a good place so we know where the ritz carlton is right there on the corner right when you go into the yeah, absolutely. pan absolutely yeah, so about a quarter mile down is a really good beach it's open to the public it's a little park there and it, it's probably one of the best beaches to go to because no one goes to it because oh, those rich people don't go here we go. There's uh, on Zillow some uh, homes in M Manalapan, Florida. Yeah, 
27 million dollars. What a bargain. But, uh, but 48 no, million starter, dollars. It's a starter home. Then. Well, I used to hang out at that beach because it's it's a beach that not a lot of people go to. Because it's rich, real rich, and the rich people don't go to the beach. So no, they don't. I would in the parking lot would always be empty, so there's pop place to park, and it's a really, really, really nice beach, and it's great for snorkeling. So if you ever want to go to a beach by yourself, Tom, that's the place to go. The cheapest property on Manalapan, four million dollars. It's just land. Yeah. And there's no probably, actual it's, house. It's probably on it. lowland. It's it's a, it's beach property, yeah. yeah. It's literally just the beach. It's unimproved land. Well, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, for real. I always wonder about buying property like that. It's like one hurricane, and that's all gone. Although maybe that's the idea. Put out a nice insurance policy on it. I got so lucky with my house there. So I was renting a house, and there was an old man who lived in this house, and it was one of those houses that everyone was afraid of because it was like, not had it been touched in like 20 years the grass was 10 feet tall <laughs> and, and it was like five different colors of paint because no one's painted it and there was an old decrepit man who lived there and they, you know no one knew his name or nothing like that no one no one bothered to know him so i was walking down the street walking my dog one day and i saw him and i started talking to him so every day i would talk to him and i became friends with him and one day he says hey you know if you're interested in my house I'm going to lose it on Monday. The bank's going to take it from me. And I'm like, what do you owe on it? He's like, oh, I owe 190000 And I see, he said, if you want it, I'm going to move in with my kids. Just go down to the First Bank of Florida and pay off the mortgage. So I did. <laughs> because you It's can't... a short sale, and yeah. that's like the best way to obtain and, property. And it was the worst house in the nicest neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So it had no way to go but up. Yep. God, that's so amazing, isn't but, it? But the point was that I talked to some old person that no one on the street would ever talk to. Yeah. The people just don't talk to people, and they didn't then either. They just, oh, that's some weird old man. I'm not talking to him. Mm -hmm. And he ended up <laughs> well. being the nicest guy in the world. Uh, you know, I, I know the exact street that I want to move to, and uh, it's not far from me. And uh, the only way a house is ever sold there is when someone dies. Yeah. And uh, I walk up and down that street all the time, and I strike up conversations with people. That's smart. Because yeah. they're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, I might too, of course. But it's a, you know, it's a, it's a fight to the finish. But, yeah, that's kind of the way I'm thinking I might get one that's of those my houses. That's my parents' street. No, one, no house goes for sale until the person dies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. That is very, very nice. I tell you what, North Palm Beach now, I don't know if you've been by there recently. Can't even recognize it anymore. <laughs> It, there, I think the average house there is about 20,000 square feet. Monsters. Jeez. Huge house. My God, those houses are huge. Yep, and they're all owned by like a seventh generation oil tycoon kind of person. You know, one of the big trends now among, among super billionaires is that they, uh, they're all, they all want, they're, they're buying citizenship in Malta. Yeah. Have you ever been really? to Malta? I have no, I never have. Well, Malta's terrible. It's, I right. take that back. It's it's beautiful, and the people are just some of the most beautiful human beings on earth. Really? Oh my God! The girls have green eyes and black hair, and they're just spectacular, beautiful women. And all the guys are good looking. It's a really beautiful city, people there. But the problem is, it's this tiny island with everyone has three cars, and you cannot drive there. 
Yeah. What? The traffic is just insanity, well, man. Well, these, these billionaires have no intention of ever living there. They just want citizenship yep. yeah. for and the money. For the money and for the lack of money that they'll have to pay. Well, it mm-hmm. sounds like Delaware. Yeah, kind of what corporations <laughs> are for Delaware. These, yeah, people, it sounds like Delaware. Yeah, billionaires mm-hmm. from Delaware. You can be in the south of Spain. You can be anywhere in the world, and this big, giant yacht will come in, and it'll say, Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> That's right. Because yep. there's there's no luxury tax in Delaware, and yep. there's no corporate tax. There's no luxury in Delaware, so why should there be there, a luxury tax? There is tax? definitely no luxury in Delaware. Delaware is a crap state, man. Well, we got a bunch of them. My parents, live in, my parents live in Delaware. It's a bad, it's a just crap state. Really? Yeah, I my parents live that. in Delaware. I've never been there. Yeah, that's where Joe Biden lives. Joe Biden, right? <laughs> that's buddy. why there's no taxes there. Because he he was he's been a senator for fifty years, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. so he was twenty. He was like twenty one or something, or twenty two, wasn't he? Yeah, he did it yeah. all for the banks because he got all the credit cards to be based out of Delaware and gave. Oh, them, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, he gave them a tax haven so they never have to pay taxes. And he always says he's for the for simple man. Well, he gave the uh-huh. richest people in the world the biggest tax break to date, and it's they're still there. It it's, still has no tax. And it's amazing how many states have their own personal thing going like that where you know i mean i could break a lot of them down for you you know like like washington the state of washington uh that's that's where all the the herbal remedy companies go uh-huh yep. oh really and that's why there are no that's exactly why there are no rules and regulations mm-hmm. for these herbal remedies which can kill you yeah Isn't i believe we call that lobbying well, that's a new mm-hmm. thing with T- new thing with thc too it's actually they just raided all the stores in new york though this week, they were a little bit over the limit. No, there's you know a lot of retail. There's dispensaries, but people just opened up full blown retail stores. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. not legal. <laughs> yeah, right. So they went and closed them all down. Yeah. But yeah, that, world. that that whole thing is ruined. Like it's ruined Denver. The pot business yeah. has ruined Denver. Well, yep. it certainly has changed it a lot, hasn't it? Oh my God, you can't rent. So everyone. So say you had a little store or a little automotive shop. Well, the pot people came in and told the guy who owns it, we'll pay you 10 times what that guy's paying. Now you're out of business. So everything there is just a pot store. And pretty yeah. soon all the pot stores will be out of business. Yeah. And then what happens? Oh, they are the pot industry. So I have, I have some friends that are really big in the, in the growing of pot in Northern California. And they already told me it's done. It's finished. Mm. They're, they're all oh, good. Yeah, yeah my, my one friend just started in, in Thailand. Um, he's growing in Thailand now and selling to Thailand, to the Thailand government. He said it's, it's done in America just because all the cartel has started their own. And, oh, and you, sure. know what, you know who else? The Chinese. Yep. The Chinese what own a, shock. a ton of pot farms, <laughs> tons of them. Well, they have infinite oh, land, basically. They can grow yeah. in as much of whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, so technically could America, but we just don't for some reason. Well, you know, I have to say as, as a guy who kind of came of age in the 60s, you know, 70s too, uh, I'm, I miss that, that little gentle ride you used to get from smoking a joint. And yeah. now it's like you chew half a gummy and you're out for three days. I said that the other day. Someone should remarket Colombian gold. And yeah, make it that was make it stuff. a week a weaker pot like we had when mm-hmm. we were young. Yeah, I mean we yeah. had we had the ditch the ditch to weed stuff. Which, yeah, no, which yeah, no, no the Mexican was terrible. But 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 you did have this stuff in the middle. Yeah, yeah that Colombian gold and yeah. once in a while the tie sticks would come around and it, it didn't make you all whacked out. You just laughed and yeah. got hungry. Oh no, I I like I I chewed like like a, a, a chocolate square 
friend of mine brought back from Denver. I went out to dinner with a bunch of people, but mostly my in-laws. And, um, and so, like, every now and then I, think, I thought, I should interject something here. Because normally I'm fairly talkative, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, so, all right, okay, I'm going to say something about this. Now, what's my subject? What's my predicate? Uh, mm. I need a verb and a noun here. A little bit of overanalyzation <laughs> there? No, it's like if I, didn't, if I didn't store that up in my mind and keep repeating it to myself, Speak I wouldn't generous. get halfway through the sentence. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, tried one of, I tried modern day THC, and I, God, I thought I was going to call 911. Mm. But, Tom, you know a lot about medical marijuana. Yes, sir. So what's, what's that like? Because I've never tried it. You have to watch what you're doing because a lot of people will take the the tablet form, the capsule form. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll take a gummy and they'll take the uh, the tincture, the oil, and take them all to go to sleep. You will get some nightmares like you've never had if you ever do that. I can promise you that. You will not sleep well. Didn't you have a problem once? I remember back a couple of years yep. ago you had an issue with one night. I did, absolutely. So basically, you have to find out where, you know, n people cannot take the same amount. I've never understood that, by the way, that all these medications, this is the size of the pill that you need to take right here. Yeah. You take one a day. Well, if, if you weigh 110 pounds as a woman and I weigh 225 as a man, what good is one pill going to do me the same uh, the same way it'll do a 110-pound woman. It well, makes no sense to usually me. OTC doses are uh, metered out not by the effectiveness, but by the side effect profile. I, that's what yeah, I think. Yeah, I can believe one that. hit of pot or any kind of THC, I go in the full-blown panic mode like I'm going to yeah, have a heart attack. Some people. And mm. that is just a horrible feeling. I get that from reading the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's the worst <laughs> drug there is. But, um, I mean, you're talking about ibuprofen um, from your stomach's point of view. Oh, yeah. You, know, you have the same size of stomach, more or less, as a 110-pound yeah. woman, maybe slightly right. bigger, but your stomach lining is the same thickness. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be affected by the ibuprofen the same way. So if you take double, because you need double to get the same pain relief, you now have a bleeding ulcer, and you're in a lot worse <laughs> shape. I That's say exactly the, best, what I'm talking the best thing to do is no drugs and have adventure be your drug. Because when you have an adventure coming up, like I got a couple of adventures coming up, and every day that's all I think about. I'm going here and doing this. And it's just, that makes me high. And a lot of people, it's just the opposite, unfortunately. <laughs> the drugs are the adventure. Yeah, yeah, that's no good, man. No, because you don't know where, always know where that adventure is going to take you. No, I told Nancy no. the other day, because she still can't believe that I've just quit doing drugs and quit smoking cigarettes the same day and never had a, never, never went near them again. She's like, how can you do that? I'm like, because I had such bad times on drugs that all I have to do is remember any one of those days and go, God, I'll never do that again. And that's all it takes. Yeah, I'm the same way. And the experience was so bad, yep. so bad for 10 years. It was so bad that I would never do it again. I just but, but you look at alcohol. Now, I... I tried when I was in high school. Those were not good years for me. And, well, a lot of them weren't good. But the fact is, I, I tried alcohol, and I decided, you know what, maybe I should just become an alcoholic, right? <laughs> you know what? The time has come. <laughs> well, right, because I didn't see, basically, I didn't see much, you know, going back to my brother's heroin days and various other things. I just, I didn't see much of a future there. And, um... And I drank like pretty much every day for a year or so, 
didn't do anything to me though. I mean, like, like, yeah, I mean, it got me drunk, but it, you know, like when I stopped drinking, it wasn't a problem because you're either addicted or you're not. That's true. Yeah. I, I can't drink. I, I have a weak stomach. I'd be just, I would oh, just I, get sick. I've, you know, I've like when I quit drinking when I was 18, basically, yeah. and I've never been drunk since. Yeah, I can't drink. I have one, and that's it for me. My stomach tells me screw you, and that's the end of that. But so a lot of it is just part of what I'm saying is your your own your own chemistry. What made you quit drinking, Tom? Uh, I think her initials are KB. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she you said, had some guardrails. She gave she gave you an ultimatum. Well, no, she she well yeah she's made it very very clear that something uh, had to be taken care of, and mm. that's all there is to it, and. You know, I, and I, I adore the woman, so I had no choice. And and I just decided one night, Kendall Norberg was at the house, and he, he and I were talking to, uh, talking to Catherine. That, that right there, I decided, you know what, I need to stop doing this. And, and did you just quit? Yep. So you were like me, just that was it. And a and lot I of people, stopped. a lot of people who are alcoholics, well, and this is true of people who are addicted to any drug. They they tend to be in a very close circle eventually. With people who share their same drug problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I have to regress back to something we were talking about earlier when I was talking about the comedy store, and the reason why those comics are close to my heart because at that time I was in the rocker scene. All my friends were rock stars. None of those people reached out to help me. Not one. Yeah. They left me all to die. It was the comics that reached out to help me. That makes sense when you think about you know like musicians in the same band almost always wind up hating each other that is true but yeah none of my music friends reached said hey nick do you need any help nobody and i, I didn't know why. the comics that well i really didn't but they actually came to me and said hey do you need help that's just the way it was and and i've asked some of my closer friends like why didn't you reach out to help me even though I didn't want to make them feel guilty, they're close enough friends that I can ask them that. And most of them said, I didn't know, didn't see you had a problem. Because hmm. they were yeah. having their own problems. <laughs> well, I think that is true. Yeah, they said, we, I didn't even see, know, think, thought you had a problem, dude. So, yeah, it's weird. Well, yeah, so for weird. a lot of people like that, it's only a problem once you're dead. Yeah, and I've, I've asked my <laughs> yeah, closest friends because I had a little resentment. Not resentment, but just a wonder. Like, well, wonder why they didn't. And I actually, my two closest friends in life, I asked them point blank. And they both said the same exact answer. Didn't think you had a problem. Yep. Didn't see it. I was having my own problems. Mm-hmm. Doing yeah. bad shit myself. And what are you going to do? Oh, my God. The show, I looked down, the show's over. What the hell? <laughs> How did that happen? Our first non-car selling secrets. And I went back, I th- it was a little over four years Really? Is that right? Yeah. Don't never buy Doug- never buy a car in the rain. I'm not talking to Dougie anymore. <laughs> I just talked to Dougie last night. I miss night. him. He abandoned oh, us. I know. He's a wonderful guy. Wonderful yeah. guy. Dougie's a good people. All right, you pills. I'll talk to you soon. See you guys.